Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Littlejohn and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, it is that time of the week. It is the best Tuesday you've had thus far. And we don't even talk about the fact that it is your only Tuesday. But yeah, I was going to say, is it the best Tuesday I've had this far? Because it's the best Tuesday you've had all day. All week? Yep. And it's the best <laughs> one you've had all week, too. So there you <sighs> go. And it's also a Tunday, right? Because we finished Labor Day, which is ironically named, of course, celebrating labor, but certainly not performing it. So <laughs> everybody gets, oh, well, we took the day off because the markets were closed. And so now we're going to cram five days into four, which makes Tuesday a Tunday. Tunday. I know. I used to call it Muse Day. And David goes, nope, it's a Tunday. And I involves like, oh, Oh, it's inspirational. I'm yeah. like, no, no, it's just a ton it's of It's a Tunday, right? So, it's Tuesday and a Monday. It's a Tunday. So it there is we true. go. We're creating the Tunday. And uh, we're, we're delighted to uh, be here. Katie, I'm grateful to have you back in studio. You got uh, a reminder of what it's like to monologue. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> uh, so here's... Which- I would have said, dude, I could have called a couple people for you and had a co-pilot, but you didn't ask me to. It's true. So Katie's off gallivanting around and... I uh, uh, no, I was working at our Salem branch, but yeah, it was not necessarily gallivanting. gallivanting <laughs> just a fun word to say. I wish I had a better like. Ooh, I was hiding out in the secret yeah. place, but no. So what we'll do is we're going to let her monologue just for oh. fun, and I can walk outside and have a smoke break. Well, you could have a smoke break and not actually light a cigarette because it is, is yeah. And I'm not a smoker. Smoky. It is. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. This it it, it looks like nighttime. It looks almost like sun is about to set. It's like civil twilight. It reminded me of the eclipse. Yes. Like it, it's very ecliptic feeling where it's like hot outside, but it's cool because the sun's not directly on you. There is so much smoke that nothing is getting through. What was eerie to me at lunch around 1.30 driving around town. Um, and it also the tells headlights you. lights on your car came on. Well, not only mine, but seeing everybody's auto lights, right? right. So like if you have a newer car. You have auto lights and your lights automatically go on when it starts to get dark. And just being aware of that, right? Watching my dashboard light up. And let me tell you, like, even just listening to the helicopters constantly whirling outside, watching them drag buckets of water places, um, it, it's just, it feels very apocalyptic to me, right? It so does. It September does. is is the, the world is burning. Is that what it is, right? So we've had like murder hornets. We've had COVID. We've had a whale in the Amazon. Whale in the Amazon. And September is going to be the world is on fire. World's on fire. I, I just, I don't even, I mean, I, I hate to say what next because they're so random. Now, 2020 is the ultimate hold my beer year, right? <laughs> like every time you say like, oh, you're going to top that. And 2020 goes, here, hold my beer. <laughs> you know, like here comes the next thing. Oh it's, my gosh. It, it like, and none of them are little like not one of them was like ha that happened for a day it's like can we just i mean i have felt not like super emotional but definitely overstimulated is probably a good way to put it like emotionally overstimulated because of everything going on so i'm glad you brought this up we discussed so we had a massive game plan today it's been because it's a ton day i could argue that we have underprepared for today's show but i don't think that's true no i don't think that's true either because uh, this is this is an area where katie and i are we we compliment each other and it's fun around this one so i'm really big on behavioral finance yes okay so behavioral finance 
is the study of the decision-making process that people make around their money. And not just money, it's the decision process around all kinds of resource uses. And one of the things that I talk to people about is what I call the think-feel conundrum. Right. Okay. And so, Katie, you talk about being overly stimulated emotionally. Right. Right. I think that's a very accurate description of what people are going through right now. It's, I like, I don't, I feel like I don't turn on, like, the TV, right? Like, I feel like I'm just inundated with information. Like, even on Facebook, you know, it's, it. I don't know what to do. Like, it's, I mean, between elections and COVID and murder hornets and whales in the Amazon and the earth, like, Oregon is on fire. Oregon is actively on fire. Like, well, and California, and California set a record of its own. And now, of course, it's this is such a NIMBY concept, right? Not in my backyard. Like, everybody sort of ignores it until it's literally in their backyard. And we have these conversations. I feel like every summer we have a discussion about... There's fi- Let's admit it. Oregon has fires every year, right? We get really dry. We get really hot. And then there's always forest fires. Like, right. we have them. And I mean, then we have the endless debate about, look, so I, I will just end the debate very simply pick a policy and run with it. Either you put forest fires out as quickly as possible, which is primarily what private landowners, that's what they they do do. because this is a crop, right? The trees are treated like farmland. So you protect the crop. So you put a fire out as quickly as possible and you manage the area around it and keep control of it to reduce the probability of fire or or probability of severe fire, I should say. Because the flip side of the management equation would be don't do anything. Let the fires happen because there, there's actually an ecological purpose to fires in forests, right? The issue is when you sort of, pardon the language a little on air here, but if you sort of half-ass your approach, right, then what you get is, well, we suppress forest fires enough that we can build up the fuel to the point we can't suppress them anymore. Yeah. And then they burn so hot that the forest doesn't survive of, it. It, it. It's no longer a healthy part of the ecology where it clears out underbrush and makes room for trees to grow and get stronger and you know the heat opens up certain types of coniferous elements so that they can reseed yeah it's not that anymore then it's just fire and everything to a crisp and you're left with a barren wasteland that may or may never recover well that then requires if you want it to be a forest again you may have to intervene because otherwise when you burn everything to the ground you you get a lot more competition for the growth, right? So the trees have to compete with the underbrush because it's all the same height now. It's true. So yeah, yeah there's, there's this ecology to it. So look, pick a horse and ride it, but quit going halvesies on this thing because the the result in between is way worse, right? And 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 nobody wins on that and, one. Well, and I'll fess up to I know enough to be dangerous, but I am nowhere near qualified to to make professional assessments around this. But guess what? I'm probably more qualified than a lot of the politicians making decisions around this, and we let them do it. So, <laughs> heaven's sake, you know, we get what we vote for, I guess. Oh, well, and le- by the way, speaking of voting, right? Elections are near, and they're coming up. No vote is still a vote. Yeah, remember, and, no and decision I wanna, is still a decision. No decision is still a decision. You think that your vote doesn't matter, and you don't vote. Your vote could be the one ballot or the one vote that sways it one way or the other. Because guess what? You've got buddies out there, too, that think the same thing. And, and it's amazing how little it takes these days to sway what little decision. Well, it's pretty close. It's not a cut and dry. Everybody believes this way. Uh, the, the silent majority versus the vocal.
ethical minority can really sway things. So just, yes, I agree, Katie. Everybody vote. Okay, and and look, if you feel really passionate that oh, it's a two-party system, it's broken, and I, I, throw your vote away if that's what you want. You know, vote for a third party because you believe in it. And anybody that tells you you're throwing your vote away, I tell them to pound sand. It's your vote. Do what you want. Right. But but do it. it. Just vote it. Use it. Yep. Okay. So uh, all right, that was my PSA. Yes, so back to I I just all right, so back to the emotion concept. Look, right. I think you're right. First of all, the people that I know that are happiest right now almost actively shun media input. True. And I look at this and go, well, wait a second. You're listening to our show. I know. And I'm not really suggesting that you shouldn't consume media. Some media. Not even. I mean, consume what you want. What I'm suggesting, though, is so this is here's the thing. If you know better and choose to do something anyway. Then you get to own the responsibility that comes with it. That you stop getting to blame. This is like you can't blame the spoon for you being overweight. <laughs> it's hard to blame. That a, is a great metaphor, by the way. <laughs> okay? it, well, it's it's getting really hard to blame a cigarette on lung cancer. Lung cancer yeah, like you chose to do it. Everywhere you look, you know, right? It's on the pack. Everybody around you. You have to find special places to do it. Yeah. By it's the like way, everywhere you go, five-year-olds know it's wrong. Like, yeah. this is not a secret. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> By the way, this one, uh, this is a, such an important point on the radio that it has to go on the True Well show. Go for it. Like, like I... I just saw the epiphany this, light bulb go off. It's amazing. This one, it could be stretched into an entire book, and yet one little paragraph sums the whole thing up so well. If a five-year-old says it, it's true. If a five-year-old says that it's okay. true. Well, so here's the thing, right? We have this tendency toward political correctness that has gone bananas. Like, what are you allowed to say or not say? Who's going to be offended or not? And everybody is sort of projecting this, I have a right to not be offended, so don't say what's true or real because it's not sensitive. And I go, look, the five-year-old doesn't understand nuance. They just true. like see what it is and say it. That's truth. True. Okay. And then it takes a real cultural effort to hide from the truth. And when you start taking language hostage and then manipulating it or making it so that you can't say one thing over another or it means you're insensitive or you're projecting on somebody else, you know what it is, right? This is rewriting truth. Because I like, how do I explain? I, if, if you're morbidly obese, and I have a five-year-old daughter, and she points and says, "Daddy, that person is fat," and I'm supposed to say, "Like, oh, oh honey, no, no, we don't it's, say it's, that." Yeah. It's like, you know, my five-year-old is right. Okay, and like that—that that doesn't make them bigoted or mean or anything else. It just means they recognize what it is. They're now, pointing out a reality in their world, and, and it doesn't make other people rude or insensitive, or they don't understand your thyroid or whatever it is. Like, there are lots of reasons. But don't blame the truth for it. We can all be better about tact, I think. Right? I'm yeah. not suggesting that you should be rude to somebody and abusive about things that people are challenged by. But let's stop hiding from truth. Yeah. Because I, I think as a parent. that is a dangerous game. Well, and as a parent, it's hard when you're like, oh, crud, did they hear that out loud? Right? So, again, we're worried about people being, like, their it's, feelings being heard or something but but you're yeah. right. I mean, they're and, and they're pointing out an obvious thing. I think the the bigger one for me one time is my kid goes, "Is that a boy or a girl?" And I honestly didn't know. I had to look, and I was like, "Is there an right. Adam's apple?" And I was like, "How do I even answer that?" They're confused. I'm confused. 
And it was, and I mean, again, I'm not fighting or arguing for any one particular stance on this. Right. It was and, a and legitimate was, question. And this is terrifying to even discuss because it's like, no matter what you say, if somebody finds a way to say, well, I'm offended by it, then all of a sudden it gets weaponized. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, somehow if we have weaponized truth, think this through, right? If we weaponize truth and make truth dangerous. Bad. Just bad. What does that do to everything? Oh. How does that stabilize anything we do? Okay. So we can, believe it or not, this has natural tie-ins to the investment landscape and what goes on in the world. Okay. So we're going to extrapolate a little there. And I'm going to talk about why this has true wealth implications. We'll explore it. But we, we got to take a break. All right. So. Discussing the truth. Telling the truth well, when yeah, we get back. It will set us free. But we'll come back first. All right, so stick around. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. You got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Show. Uh, Dave and Katie here reminding you, check out the podcast if you right. missed it, right? Available tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, it'll on be our website. On website, littlejohnfs.com. Right. Takes a minute to curate all that stuff, by the way. <laughs> just letting you know. Yep. And doesn't just magically kind of go excited. Whoop. I don't know when we get to release it, but soon we'll get to, t I'll, I'll share with you, hey, new website. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so it's not, it's not launched yet. That is I'm, your Achilles heel, by the way. What's that? Like, I think you've remade it four times before. Like, is is this like the house that always just gets added on? Like, it never actually gets finished? No, no. This one's, we, we're pretty far down the path. You know, here's the thing about, I think our business in general, and uh, of course, you've known me now for uh, long enough. That, I know, it's crazy. That I, Celebrated I, a few birthdays. There's this intense need, uh, this passion for innovation to continue to stay abreast of what the industry is doing and to stay at the forefront of providing the most value to our clients. Right. And so we're always learning and it's it, we're at a really interesting and fun phase for business growth. We don't talk about this a ton, right? Uh, but the fun phase is, a lot of folks don't know the story that uh, there's been a royal we for a long time. Right. Last last Tuesday was the one year. Or I'm sorry, the 10 year anniversary of the founding of our firm. That's crazy. Right? Uh, Congratulations, and, by the way. Hey, thanks. That's awesome. So 10 years ago on September 1st, October 3rd or sorry, August 31st, uh, I was politely but definitely fired. <laughs> <laughs> and it, Pol it politely but definitely got the boot. Yeah. OK. <laughs> it was it was actually a tremendous blessing uh, and it had to do with and, and you know really people should consider this it was about cultural fit right was it the right fit of personnel and was the mission profile aligned it really wasn't and it wasn't that it was so far off that you couldn't sort of force it to work but it wasn't natural and so it ended up going its natural growth. so i yeah, so i was uh I was on my own 
And so September 1st was, well, I better figure out what I'm going to be when I grow up. And that became the, the genesis of Little John Financial. It was Little John Financial Services. Uh, we are now sort of a, truncating that to just Little John Financial. Because uh, it's a mouthful. It is. And, you know, we've been advised by a lot of people, hang on to Little John because it's memorable. It's easy to say. Yeah, that that's part of what it is. And then it's, like, well, it's have to do with Robin Hood or blah, blah, blah. So, so that came along later. You know, there's this app for investors that want to do it yourself on their phone called Robin Hood. The family history actually has Robin Hood in it. That's cool. Uh, which is kind of wild. But Little John was just, it's apparently catchy enough that we kept it. Well, and by the way, I don't know how many listeners out there have ever tried to come up with a company name. But there are certain syllables that do not roll off the tongue very easy. True. And, right. And S's are hard to say. Like our website, Little John FS. Well, it's not the S. If it was SS, it would be fine. But having an F and an S next to each other, people like we constantly have to spell it out so that they don't go SS or FF. Right. Like so it, it's it's it matters. Syllables matter. They do. They do. <laughs> You're welcome, teachers. Syllables matter. So anyhow. So we, how does all of this I mean, I talked about just kind of being overstimulated emotionally right now. And by the way, I want to say on the record, like I'm a weird conundrum sometimes in the fact that I feel like I can separate my logic from my emotion. Um, I'm not sure how many people feel that way about themselves. Yeah, I'm not sure I buy it, but I know. but I feel like I can I can fo- focus logically, but I feel more exhausted at the end of the day, and I think it's from what I consider the overstimulation. Well, of emotion. Sometimes we compartmentalize parts of our lives, right? Right. And this is where I, I'll just play, you know, armchair psychologist here. I'm not qualified for this, but it'll be <laughs> fun. What I see is in environments where you are stressed or emotional, you respond in a stressed and emotional fashion. But that stress and emotion does not invade the areas where you have been trained. And so the logic continues to function because when you have training and, and the again, this is like the firefighter runs to danger and doesn't freak out right. because they've trained for how to behave and they've already mentally rehearsed so that they're not being ruled by the emotional elements. Even though it can be stressful. It or, is stressful, right? Right. But, but stress and logic, those are not buddies. No. Right? They do not play well together. No, they are sumo wrestling in, all in, in the fact, time. In fact, they literally don't play together. When you are under extreme stress, you are engaging the fight or flight mechanism. I've, right. So your body is flooded with cortisol. There's all sorts of things going on. Right? And adrenaline. Know, right. And so, yes, you, you have these and the emotional state i've used this before you've used it before Mm -hmm. right emotion sacrifice accuracy for speed yes okay and that's what fight or flight's all about make a decision figure it out and go it's not you know your fight or flight mechanism is not trying to assess with a lot of accuracy it's just like look get out of trouble however you do it sort it out and you use that mechanism quite often, right? Like if you're driving down the freeway and you all of a sudden see an accident, your fight or flight kicks in like, should I go left or should I go right? Like how am I going to avoid becoming part of this accident? And yet your training also, you've got rote memory for things like you know where the gas and the brake are and you know the the different elements for controlling your vehicle to a degree. Right. Right. And I've seen two kinds of folks too, the people that overreact and panic and do something 
ridiculous and then the kinds of people that they seem to just get cool as a cucumber right i mean like as soon as they're stressed out they get really calm really methodical which they freaks make, out everybody else they make it through that <laughs> event and then they freak out right? yeah that's me i'm i'm, I'm kind of that one a little bit like the, the, the i'm cool and then you freak out i yeah like all of a sudden the event's over and everything's done and i have this like massive emotional dump and it's just like <gasps> and all of a sudden i'm like a puddle but Usually during high crisis, I'm. Katie's a major doer. Just so I'm a pu- you're. I'm a pusher. Yeah, I'm a yes. pusher. I push, and then Katie's the harder, the harder. I am it- more of a puller by nature, I think. But the people around me would have to say whether or not that's true. I think. <laughs> We're more of a puller. I I would like to think I work together, but yes, when I'm under more stress, I just push harder to get the like I'll push uphill harder to get the mission done because I just want to get the mission done. Yeah. So Katie's also a box checker. I am a box checker. Okay. You know what this makes her in my office? Very efficient. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Just so we're clear, super valuable because if there is a series of steps that needs to happen, she will be haunted by them until the boxes are checked. I do. It, it's like it drives me nuts. <laughs> the, the completion index is so high. It's like. She, I have seen her after she's done a task, write it down and then cross it off just because oh, yeah. it feels good. Because I want it on the list. I want credit for it, right? Even if yeah. I'm giving myself credit, I still want credit for it. Yeah. I totally did that yesterday. I was like, oh, I did that extra thing. Hold on, write it down, cross it off. Totally, it. totally did that. <laughs> and sometimes it's a really stupid task. But again, emotionally, right, that fills my emotional bucket. Completion fills my emotional bucket. Yeah. And so having tasks where I feel like I've achieved something makes right. me feel good. It, it, it That is not what drives me, which also drives certain people around me berserk. No, no, no. You are the 80-20 rule in the fact that you get 80% of the way there and then don't finish the last 20. And then you're like, oh, yeah. that's good enough. <laughs> I got far enough. I'm, I'm well, bored. It's more boredom. It's in it's I've worked with visionaries like you because my love, loving, loving, wonderful mother is exactly the same way. So I have been groomed <laughs> to deal with the personality. But it's you guys just you get bored. Like bored with the project bored or sidetracked by a shinier object. There, there's definitely that it's it's a matter of, you know, biggest fire first. And it's hard to turn off the flow of ideas. Yes. Right. That is something that you wouldn't think it so i am a habitual daydreamer like it's hard to not daydream for me i get bored easily i daydream easily there have been times on this show where mid-sentence something else pops into my head and then i have to recover and remember what i was talking about (laughs) mid-sentence you would not be a good elementary school student right now trying to do zoom on their classes You would have a glazed over look like no other. It's you distance learning as a child would be a challenge. Well, or it has to be really rapidly paced. That's just part of what happens. And have you had a Zoom meeting at all ever that's been really rapidly paced? (laughs) Because I don't know that I ever have. Sorry. (laughs) And then you get these. Oh, there's 30 people in the room. I'm like, all right, this isn't a meeting anymore. This is a circus. So how does emotionally, how does being emotionally overstimulated relate to the markets? Like, how does that work? So this is a fun question. And we'll let's unpack this a little bit from the perspective of, so if you're listening, I, I think first we have to acknowledge that 
everybody at some point or another, unless you're like a sociopath, has a certain emotional triggers. Right. Okay. Now, we're not going to get into the, oh, who's in charge of your emotions or blah, blah, blah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just going to say we all have environments where, you know, the buttons get pushed and you, you have an emotional reaction, whether it's anger or whatever it may be, uh, that we all have that capacity. So here's the challenge, right? As you, Katie, have correctly identified, when you get into a high-stress environment, you are not going to use the logic process in your brain. You're going to be using a short-circuit process that is emotionally driven. And, and that's where you get people that do weird stuff. Now, for some people, they, you know, they deal with lots of stress a lot, and so it's all relative, right? Everybody has a relative amount of stress that they're capable of sort of managing before they implode. Some people have a lower threshold. Other people, you wonder what would ever push them over the edge. They just seem to have zen all the time. And we hate you. <laughs> uh, and, well, no, we're, we're envious of you is what that is. I heard somebody say that. Like, I've never heard them yell. And I'm like, ever? And they're like, never. I've never heard them get mad. I've never heard them yell. And I'm like, how is that even possible? Now, like you said, some people are more high strung than others. But I was like, wow. So if you're operating in that emotional space and you're then we need to start thinking about how that applies to investment decisions, right? Because that's really what we're worried about is the decision process in investing. So when do you buy? When do you sell? How do you make uh, an, an analysis or a determination about whether or not something is a good investment? And uh, those decision factors are, I think, they're really relevant. We've got some great examples that are going on in the market right now. And then let's 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 get the elephant in the room taken care of oh we can't we you know what let's talk about the elephant in the room but we gotta take let's take a break to keep on the schedule let's do that if you want to know what the elephant in the room is uh i'll tell you after the break right so (laughs) stick around we'll be right back this is david little john katie shook and you're listening to true wealth on news radio 1240 kqen All right, gang, we're back. To the darkness. To the dark side. I know, it's still, my gosh, it's just so dark outside from all the smoke. And, uh uh-oh, you know what? I have to sneeze. Here, I have to go away from the microphone. You have to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. David, really? Just get it. Now, see, isn't there like a weird. Oh, that's a close call. Isn't there like a weird word you can say that makes you not sneeze? It's is actually there? a thing. There's like a weird word that you can say. It's like watermelon or something stupid. And then like all of a sudden then you don't sneeze. Wow. I need it, to learn that word. It it feels a little like hellish right now. Like it's weird. It's super dark. Yeah. And it's not supposed to be. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. I mean, like I'm kind of waiting to see one fly across the sky. It just And it's really hot and it's awkward. And Let's see how many people go to church now because it feels like the end of the world. But can you go to church? No. Well, maybe there's an opportunity for more online church here. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. So. Anyway. Okay. So the elephant, elephant in the room. Elephant in the room. What Remember, we're talking about emotions, and we're talking about how people make decisions as investors. And the stock and, market. And here's one of the elephants in the room. What is it? If you are a long-term buy and hold passive index investor, then buy your index, and you can flip out all you want. As I like to say, you can yell at the fish tank. You just can't touch it. Don't touch it. Okay. Because 
your theory is that the everything that can be known about the price of a stock is already reflected in the stock and there's no benefit or value in trying to do anything different perform the markets so you will simply be the market as inexpensively as possible and you're going to just allow the market to go where it goes and you're going for the ride okay so you don't have an opinion yeah you're not investor. the driver in the car you're in the back seat and okay. not in the back seat of a tesla <laughs> right so and i'm just telling you that if that's where you're at uh, i'm not saying it's right wrong or otherwise i'm just telling you that you all right so you yes you can have an opinion you just don't act on it you don't do anything you just let the markets do what they do so That's for people that are new listening passive indexers do to our show what is an index so an index is something like the s p 500 the dow okay? right the dow the nasdaq uh, the wilshire 5000 what they are is these are academic Groups ways of to investments? Yeah, group of in, group of stocks typically but it's a group of investments that are used to represent the value of a segment of the market okay so like the s p 500 is supposed to be the 500 largest domestically headquartered u.s stocks right so it's and and the 500 they are cap weighted so if the bigger the company the more of a weighting it gets in the s p 500. right so if you had a sheet like, cake it's not cut evenly into 500 pieces it's right. cut into large chunks and small chunks based on how big you are right so like apple and google and facebook like they get the big chunks they get half the cake okay and then everybody else gets to divvy up what's left they get to lick the frosting yeah so so it's like some of them are texas and some are rhode island yeah okay that's how that goes great example great okay. example and that's so that's but indexes are they're representing lots of different ways to segment the market up and say oh well i, I want the large growth index okay go buy the russell 2000 growth or i, I want, want the, the tech index the russell 1000 i think and the mid caps are 2000 and the whole markets 3000 whatever there there are lots of ways to do it and there's index funds and exchange traded funds and there's sector funds and so there's lots of ways to slice it and dice it right the market's very good at creating investment options so when you hear people say like go buy a growth fund yeah i just uh, shrug my shoulders and let's so this is the one thing i've teased dave ramsey about this and i'm sure dave i've never met him I imagine he's a great guy. Ah, uh, from Dave to Dave, you would love him, I bet. I, I think that we would see so much of the world in similar fashion. Agreed. I think we would really have a lot in common. And uh, I think Dave has really committed to, like, look, the debt is dumb, never take it out. I mean, like, he's that, that's his way. And he will say, like, there are other ways, but that's his way. Right. right? So you get the Dave Ramsey way. Makes sense. Right. But when you talk about investment advice dave ramsey doesn't give investment advice he's not go buy mutual funds buy growth growth and income uh aggressive and growth international and international and i'm like that's not or he said what he says go i think it is right yeah growth growth and income aggressive growth and international oh, oh and i'm like that's those aren't mutual funds right this that's like categories that's like say go go buy a car and a truck and a golf cart like okay and a motorcycle and I, well, which one? It's like, well, get a car. It's like, well, there's lots of cars. Which one? You know, a car. What color car? Like, What's like, the gas I, mileage? I don't, I don't know. Just go buy a car. And you're right. like, and uh, like old, new, gently. Yeah. So there's <laughs> leather. It's just, it's just way too vague. So anyway, the elephant in the room is that you, your emotions, you will have them, but you don't get to act on them if you're an indexer. You just let the index do what it does. And there are investment groups out there that that's what they do. Right, they're, just, they're a buy and hold. Uh, and so 
And then there are those that you know run active management where they are trying to adjust for the performance of the markets or there are investors that are buying individual stocks. Despite, uh, I, I will still say that I think more fortunes are made buying a small group of stocks than buying mutual funds. Now, more fortunes are lost too because of the concentration risk. But you know, how many people wish they could have purchased Apple 20 years ago? True. Right? Oh, if only I had to put ten thousand dollars. How Apple many people wish ago, they could have purchased Tesla a at a hundred bucks <laughs> or fifty? Right. Right. So, it, the the thing is that the individual stocks have the most risk, but typically the most reward. True. So, this is where the emotion comes in. Tesla is a favorite one for me to pick on right now. Now, let me be fully disclosed here. I like Teslas. I think they're cool. Right? And we are the not car. saying whether to buy or sell yeah. your Tesla stock. And this, I'm not. And this is you not advice. investment advice, right? I will say, Elon Musk. Uh, some days I hate the guy. Other days I find him fascinating. He's kind of an odd duck, but he's also done some really wild stuff. And every now and then he says, you know, why are you going to do something? And he goes, because it's cool. And I'm like, the dude is right. It's just cool. <laughs> and other times, like, you know. Are you going to fight the government on this? And it's like, yes, I am. Well, why? And he says, because they're stupid. And I'm like, you know, I like him again. So <laughs> there are times when I'm just like, he's my people. And then there's other times where I'm like, I don't know, man. Face palm. But that's just how life goes, right? I'm sure right. he would say the same about me uh, if he could pick me out of a lineup and knew me from Adam or even cared. So. Eh, goals. Hashtag goals for 2021. Right. Hashtag, you know, shake Elon's hand. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, so anyway, play with eccentric billionaires, whatever. It's the same know, thing. I, I bet he'd be interesting. I don't I'm like, know. I, you know, maybe grab a cocktail, talk about how it all went down. What's, you know, what's the weirdness in the world? I bet you he has a lot to say. True. So as we're looking at the stock of Tesla, anybody remember like last week I came on and said, things are bananas. And we talked about price to earnings ratios. Was it last? Did you talk about it again last week? Well, I know I mean, we did come it the up week a few before. Times, well, two weeks ago, we the, talked about PE. The PE ratio of Tesla got to where it was over thirteen hundred. Oh my gosh! I thought it was Amazon, over like sixteen hundred or something crazy. I, it was like almost fourteen hundred, but it was above eleven hundred last time. But it was, and then it got over thirteen. Today it's down to eight fifty-five. Tesla lost twenty-one percent today. Ouch. In one day, twenty-one percent of the PE or twenty percent of the value of the of stock. The value of the stock. The stock yeah. is worth three hundred thirty dollars now. It's it was eighty-eight dollar loss today on that stock. It's been as high as five hundred last week, and now it's at three thirty. Well, it was higher than that. So what happened to so where it's the down price? Thirty-two percent from its peak in less than a week. That's a third, like third, like you've lost a third. A third of Tesla now is Tesla. A third less valuable than it was last week? Well, according to the stock market, it is. According to the stock market, yes. But if or, you buy and hold, is it? If, well, if you were a buy and hold indexer, you'd have just said, well, the market now, the value is what it is today. And so if you bought it before, you know, tough break. Well, and there's still a part of this that we haven't really touched is, is when you need the money. Well, yes, but I'm, I'm going to not go down that rabbit hole okay okay and, Fair and the enough. reason for that we is will talk about that the discussion show. is about the emotions right long-term investing can be that you, you can ignore the ups and downs if you still believe that tesla is going to be worth significantly more money in the later future on yeah. and that's your and your time horizon's long enough but why could tesla drop 21 percent 
in a day. What came out? Markets or earnings or something? To my knowledge, it was just a rough day in the markets. And here's the thing. There's a lot of emotion surrounding Tesla. Emotion that has fueled or altered the supply and demand curve. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. Because let's think what determines any price? Supply and demand. It's always supply and demand. At its basic level, there's only so much Tesla stock available. Right. And if you out there listening really want it, and you're willing to spend more to get it, you could, you could say to me, let's say I got a pile of Tesla stock, and you're like, Dave, I really want your stock. I'd be like, okay, but it comes at a premium. And I'll go, I don't want to sell it. And they'd say, well, will you give it to me for a Scooby snack? I'll say, no. <laughs> I said, well, what about two Scooby snacks? No. What about three Scooby snacks? You're and showing go, your age, by the way. And then I say, okay. Okay. Right? And, and, and then I, you know, so the price of my Tesla stock went up three Scooby snacks, right? It's more is the reality. And so your desire to purchase it can drive the price higher. And if nobody else is willing to sell it, the limited availability makes it scarce, which makes the price go up. Right. But, but if, if there's tons of stock wants, on the yeah, market. Like right now, nobody wants to own it. Everybody is wanting out as quick as possible. They're like, I made my money. I need to get out before it crashes. No buyers all sellers right now what flood of supply no demand price craters Youch. so but didn't they recently split their stock like wasn't it up in the thousands or something not too 20, long ago it would have been the equivalent of 2500 it was reverse split or as a five to one split which so, means what to people well tesla if you want to be the equivalent of in current pricing tesla really should be about 1650 in okay. price because it's five times this 330 value, right? So that would, and, and it used to be a $500 stock would have been five times 500 is $2,500. It's about where the Tesla peak was before it split. So, so when it split, go. they basically just said, they we just don't have enough shares the on the market. Of, they divided the value by five, and then they gave you five shares for every one share that you had. To add more shares to the market they so they could sell more. They shares to the market, and then they you know they split them so now if you had 10 shares now you have 50 shares right interesting so then you're like well but i now have your some 50 more shares aren't worth 2500 a piece now they're all worth 500 a piece. 500 a piece when they split now those shares are worth 330 a piece so and in fact the after hours trade if you wanted to sell them they're down to 322 they're down another almost eight bucks uh after hours so it's just the emotion surrounding tesla it makes it really tough to be rational as an investor. So what are you if you're purchasing Tesla right now? An emotional buyer. <laughs> well, I bet you're gonna tell me something else though. I will say that we'll take our last break and then when we come back, we'll talk about, you know, what what are you? If you're but but not just if you're buying Tesla, if you're buying anything where you don't understand the value or you don't know how you determine the value. We'll cover that one when we come back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. Yeah, True Well on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Hey, gang. Welcome back to the home stretch of the True Wealth Show. It's crazy how fast it goes by. I know. And now it's, cre- it's, so, it's December outside, except that it's super hot. 
I know it's dark. It's actually it's, it, it looks it like is nighttime. Like we're going to finish dark. the show, walk out in the dark. The street lights that are on photo sensors are on. They've been on all day. It's crazy dark. Yeah, it's just wacky. The world's upside down. I know. Anyway, so look, if you're just tuning in, check out the podcast where this question is going to make sense because you'll see where we got there. And I talked about how if you are not investing, right, what are you? If you're not investing? Well, there was the question. You said, how did we phrase the question? No, it says, what are you if you're buying? Like, well, you said, what are you if you're buying Tesla? If you're buying Tesla... You're not, odds are you're not investing in Tesla. Okay. What, well, then what are you doing? You're speculating. And what does that mean? It means that you are guessing that it's going to go up. Right. right? So now, there is say, actually a, a category of speculation. And I suppose you could still call it investing. If investing means you're going to buy it and just sort of ride it out. But most people that are thinking, I'll buy it and sell it again in the near future, you're speculating because the, the pricing on it's pretty exotic right now, right? It's all over the board. It's moving super fast. So it's either an extraordinarily high risk investment or it's speculation. Investing does not typically have 20% daily fluctuations. No. Okay. Yeah. Speculating and, and, and is and like guessing. Saying, well, look, I'm going to buy it. I don't care what the price is because I think in 20 years, Tesla's going to take over the world. Okay, then you're investing. You just have really high threshold for uh, pain? Well, uh, volatility. <laughs> but, you know, that's another way to say risk. Pain? <laughs> pain is the same number of letters as risk. Uh, it, it, you know, huh. risk, risk Think does about not that mean one. pain, but risk can lead to pain. <laughs> yes. And so Tesla does not mean pain. It could be the low price tomorrow, and it will never be this low again. I have no idea. I will tell you that I still see the valuations, meaning what the market is paying for this stock compared to what it's willing to pay for other stocks with, uh, it's hard to say they have similar growth rates, but there are companies with similar growth rates to Tesla. And they don't have the same valuations as Tesla. So I think that there's a lot of emotion tied up in the process because if you don't know how you arrived at the fair market value and what you're willing to pay for something, Guess what? You're speculating. Uh, or Which is the, guessing. You know, <laughs> and you, Which is a nice way to say guessing. <laughs> it's a nice way to say guessing because what you're really playing is the bigger fool theory. Right? Uh, you know what the bigger fool theory is? No, but you're going to tell me. You can buy it as long as there's a bigger fool that will pay more to buy it from you later. Oh. Okay? This was sort of the 2006 and 2007 philosophy of buying real estate. Oh right? my gosh, who, was it ever? It's like, oh, I'm going to buy it now because someone else is going to pay more for a it next week. Fool will buy it for more. Next yeah. month. Yeah. And someone is the last fool, right? The music stops and then everybody gets the chair except for you. You hope it's not you, right? Right. But that's the thing. So I think emotions are uh, there. They can really be a challenge right now. Find yourself stressed out and you can be making shortcuts in your analysis or FOMO, right? Oh. Fear of missing out. Right. That one's another like, oh, I'm freaking out. It's there can be stresses that you don't think are always fear or fight or flight. They could just be, you know, sort of panic like fear of missing out can really drive behavior. And I swear FOMO has been what's driving Tesla. Can be. So, but by the way, if fear is something that you're concerned about in the marketplace and in your portfolio, please call your advisor. 
Right. And if you don't have one, call us. Call us. And if you are trying to get a sense of what kind of risk do you own, if you think you're that you're maybe stuck out there and you're just speculating instead of investing, then we can help you. We have some great tools to do investment analysis. We can do stress testing. We can uh, run different economic scenarios and give you a sense of what are the probable correlations to what you have and how it might impact your holdings. It's actually quite cool. You can say, well, what if we went through another 2008 scenario? What might that look like? We could say, well, based on historical data and based on what you hold, we could anticipate as much as this kind of a loss. Doesn't guarantee it, but it gives you a sense of how much risk do you own And is it aligned with where you want to be? Right. Because we see a lot of that. We see a lot of investors that are misaligned with the risk they want to take. Right. Right. And they find themselves just thinking, well, I want this, that or the other. But, uh, you know, but I'm what I'm what I want on the one hand and what I have on the other hand, they're not the same. And yet, you you know, they, they lack the tools or the ability to discern. Well, what? Yeah. How do I make them connected? Right. Right. So. It's available. How do they hunt us down if they want to do that? <laughs> you can check out our website, littlejohnfs.com. Give us a call, 541-375-0898. Check us out on social media. You, If you really want to get a hold of us, you can find a way. You could even just Google us. It's true. So we're out there. We're available. Uh, and we'd love to help. And uh, anyway, give us a shout and we'll go from there. Uh, anyway, we're out of time. So, Katie, thanks as always. Thanks for having me. All right. Until next time, this has been David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And you've been listening to The True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. KQEN. <laughs> See ya. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.